Hi, and welcome to episode 52 of the Massive Attack podcast, us being me, Anthony Mitchell, and this Joseph Jennings sitting over there. Don't say your full name, people will look us up on Facebook. Alright, fine, I'll do it again! That was it. That's all my voice has got. Sorry, I'm Mitch. With me's Joe. And I don't know how long this is going to go. As in, not the podcast itself. It's just my voice. It's, just, it's on its way out. Yes, here we are. Winter in Melbourne. The Nurgly has hit you. The Nurgly? The Nurgly. The Hamburgler? No, the Nurgly. Meaning you are sick. Is that a Welsh thing? I don't think it is. Mm. It's definitely not an Australian thing. Isn't it? But, but no, you, no, you've no. never heard of the Nurgly? No. <coughs> what would you call it? A- Death. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to make you laugh because that would make you cough. I probably don't have much chance of making you laugh as this is not really a comedy podcast. But anyway. We try. We fail. We do. But let's start. As per usual, it looks like we're gaming. We are. Because you put the run sheet together. You sat on my cyborg. <laughs> You sacked my battleship. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, well, yeah all right. Let's, gaming. let's jump into gaming. Yeah. Should we apologise for being a week late? No. Right. I wasn't even sick of last week. That's why so we're late. So, yes. That's why we're late, everybody. So, yes. Gaming. I have actually been gaming. In what sort of... Well, I've played a game on my Xbox 360 that was actually released in the last six months. What? No. Seriously? No. This is so against everything this podcast I know. is for. It was on the 360, though, so at least that's what uh, That's all right. It's still previous generation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, good. for my birthday, which was the end of December, my kids got me Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. And I figured, what the hell? Five months down the track in May, I may as well start playing Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I did, and, and it's good. You finished it? I did finish it. Ooh. Go to Woe in about two or three weeks. Couple of sessions, nice big sessions on a staying up late till stupid o'clock playing it. Yep, and it's fun, and it kind of brought me back to gaming. Yeah. It, it's nice, and I've I've realised that it was actually this time last year that I played the other Tomb Raider, the 2013 Tomb Raider, because it was actually Anzac Day weekend when my wife went away for a week. Weekend and I sat and played video games all night was when she was that, away. Was it, oh, I thought so, it was yeah. a lot closer to the end of the year. No, I, it was your game of the year. It was my year. game of the year last year. And so far, I haven't played a lot this year, but this is up there for being a contender. Okay. It's very similar to the first reboot of Tomb Raider. Graphically, it looks almost the same, but it still looks really, really pretty, even on the 360. And as I was playing it, I was sitting there thinking, it's amazing that the same console that had Perfect Dark Zero mm-hmm. and those boxy looking figures running around with crappy looking shotguns and stuff, and now you've got these. Tomb Raider games that are pretty amazing, you know, crystal clear, and a couple of the stages you couldn't tell what was the like full motion video and what was the the, the gameplay. It was like, you know, I'm standing there watching this video, and then it's like just stopped, and I'm like, oh, hang on, I'm meant to be pushing my joystick to make me walk, sort of thing. Mm. But no, it's the the story probably isn't quite as good as just Tomb Raider. Yep. But gameplay almost identical. There's a few tweaks to make it a little bit better. They've made it so if you don't really want to do any tomb raiding, you don't have to. They're all optional. Yeah, if you want to play a game called Tomb Raider, but you don't want to raid any tombs, you don't have to. Well, you, you kind of do and you don't, because going to the optional tombs just gets you like upgrades, yeah. which makes the game easier for you in the long run like you get Better. an upgrade that helps you recover faster from injuries and, mm. and stuff like that and it will just make but the that's game that's a puzzle yeah. element I love that shit and the puzzle element's really good one thing I did find though and it's very similar to when I played Batman Arkham Asylum. You have, I think they call it survivor vision or something yeah. like that when you play on the, the easy mode, which was what mm. I was playing. So you click your left thumbstick and it makes points of interest sort of glow orange. And I found I was using that a lot just to, to see where things I was meant to be collecting. Yeah. But it, just like in the first one, you, you enter an area and you look at your map and it tells you, you know, how many percent of your secrets and collectibles you've got. And as you go along, you collect documents and it upgrades your map and then you get to a point where you've collected enough stuff so the secrets are actually shown on your map. So then I was going back to things and, you know, digging up coins yep. and finding other stuff. But no, I, I really like it. I, I've realised that the third-person action-adventure is probably my favourite genre. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty damn it, it was good. It was it was engaging. It was it was fun. There wasn't any real stages where I thought to myself, well, it's annoying me and I need to quit. The, even the, the tombs, some of them were quite difficult, but they were doable, and I didn't have to result to backing it or anything like that. I managed to cool. go through nicely. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've been playing a game on the 360 as well. Have you? A Dead Space 2. Yeah. Another yep. new game. Yeah, from about what? <laughs> 20, 2009 or something? Maybe. No, it wasn't. No, no, no. I don't but know what you... Might not be that old. No. 
damn good though. I mean, I, Dead Space is one of my favourite gaming experiences I've played. Yeah. And this is more of the same and good. Yeah, well, when I got over here tonight, you were playing a little bit of it, and just graphically, it looks, you can tell it's the Unreal Engine. It yep. has that good look to it. And yeah, I'm digging it. I'm six odd hours in. Well, that's good. Like it was meant to be, I went to hell on to beat because I wanted a game to play and I wanted to finish one and uh, yeah it was nine hours or something oh yeah I can do that it'll take me 18 but that, that's mm-hmm. fine in baby mode let's get through this and I mean, I mean I'm digging it and it's all about progression that's what kills me with other games is if you, I don't play sports games or whatever yep. because it's the same thing every time my racing game like I did the pro street for so long but it was um, I was progressing through the storyline yeah. even though racing was sort of the, the same every time but the, yep. the, I was progressing because I'm still playing Futurama which I talked about last time because yep. I Again, I'm progressing, and that the thing that killed me with Candy Crush in the day that I deleted it was I was sitting on it for like a month. I was on a level I couldn't get past, and mm-hmm. it wasn't progre- progressing, so I gave up. Where you know, I might take two or three days to get through a level sometimes on so far I'm to like the level 230 something so I'm constantly moving through it so it's changing where um, I was playing champions which I haven't touched for three weeks mm. the WWE champions because I'm not getting anywhere yeah, it's, what- it's the same it, it doesn't matter like what they what you think is progression isn't progression you're actually just yeah, you know I- to, to actually elevate any characters to any point isn't happening because it's so slow and hard to do and even if you did you're not getting anything with that progression because you're not challenging new people. You're not. Yeah, you just and, don't and, get anything for it. Well, the the trouble with champions is I'm still playing it, but they have just done an upgrade, which isn't really an upgrade because they've made it so instead of having to buy your slots to get extra characters now, you can just unlock everyone in your roster. So I now have like a roster of 25 people or whatever. Yeah. And previously, where I would get someone I didn't like, I would use him to train up my good character. Yep. Now you can't do that. You can't sell off your old characters you don't want. The the way you upgrade your characters now, you have to either get the coloured tokens or the same character again and then you can use that only to, yeah. to, to do that one. It's much work now. Yeah. And that. Like they've made it easier to get like tokens to upgrade but then you need more tokens to do the upgrades and now you can't upgrade your character unless you've fully maxed out all your moves. So now you have to max out your moves before you can upgrade. So yeah. they've allegedly made it better but what they've done is really just kind of made it a bit more harder. And again, it is still so unstable. Like my wife's playing it, but every time she does a tag match with John Cena and Triple H, I think it's the combination of those two characters. She gets into the match and first move it crashes. Yeah, no. I and it's like, well, fuck it, I'm not going to play any more sort of things. So, yeah, yeah so I'm I can done see with it. Um, why you did it? But yeah, it, it's interesting you say progression because it was the progression in Tomb Raider. The fact that I was going along with the story meant I was going keep playing keep playing keep playing and then I got to a couple of stages where I've I've got to like a major point and I've unlocked a, a base camp so then I can fast travel and I thought to myself well I could keep going with the story or I could just play for a little bit you know 10 minutes more before I go to bed and I'll go back to an area I've already done and pick up a couple more secrets and it's kind of like it gives you that option to keep going or backtrack and and get yeah. better and it kind of made me want to borrow Far Cry off you, actually, because do the way it, you kept do saying it, Far do Cry. Do it, do it, do it, Because, yeah, I, I haven't played a Far Cry game since Far Cry 2, so I think maybe I should, yeah, bite the bullet and borrow Far Cry 3 or 4 off you. Damn straight. And just jump into those. You don't so, Blood yes. Dragon down there, do you? I do, but I, for some reason, the, despite the fact that Blood Dragon is all about 80s straight-to-video canon movies and stuff like that, that sort of style, yeah. it didn't grab me quite as much as I thought it would have. It's not the best start to a game because it teaches you. Yeah. So it takes a while before you go, oh. But it is pretty much the same game as Far Cry 3. So when you know that and you've been through it, you just sort of go, oh, yeah. You, you do Far Cry 3, you get out of your system and then you go, you get, sort of play that just for a little bit more hmm. in a way. So, yeah, I'll lend, definitely. You're hmm. leading with it today. Yeah. Well, Excellent. speaking of lending things, we talked about the Need for Speed last month. Yeah. And how you didn't like it. So I borrowed no. that off you and I think I got about 10 minutes in as well and decided I didn't like it either. Yeah. I, I just found it that, I think you said the same thing last month as well, that you felt like the background was moving and your car wasn't. It's floaty. Yeah, very floaty. And yeah. I just found I was crashing all the time. I, mm. I was just going too fast to be able to control. And, and I you thought, weren't in supercars or anything? No, it was just in like... It's a bit shit. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I gave up on that pretty quickly. One thing I did go back to though, yeah. and it kind of ties in for when we talk about movies in a little bit, I went back to Diablo 3 mm-hmm. and I thought I would give that a go. Why? Well, I know you love it. My wife and I had played co-op of Diablo 3 through I think three of the four possible levels you can go through yep. and for some reason we stopped and we hadn't played it for probably about a year and then we went back to it and after playing for about an hour we realised why we stopped. It was just 
even though you're progressing through the levels, it's very samey again because you're doing the same stuff. Yeah. But we'd seen a fantasy movie and had a lot of people shooting arrows and fighting and stuff, and we thought, yeah, let's play something. So, yeah, we played a, a bit of Diablo. Cool. Kind of fun. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of podcasts where they talk about how people keep going back to it because, you know, they're getting the loot and all that sort of stuff. And as a, a fan of, like, Borderlands with the collecting the loot and farming runs and that sort of stuff, I can see why people would do that. But, I mean, again, it just didn't grab me quite as much as I thought it would. Yep, fair enough. Anyway, but that's my gaming. I have one more gaming thing. I had a day off looking after my son, who loves monster trucks at the moment for whatever reason. And, you know, he loves it. He picks up the game's controller without the batteries in it that we let him play with. It's like, gaming? And he'll sit down and he'll game. And he wanted to play monster trucks. Now, I did the download the Monster Jam demo for the game, which gives you... It's like Trials, which we talked about way back in the early episodes of this. Mm. You accelerate and brake, essentially going over a track. You don't do left or right, you just go forward. So it's acceleration and brake. And just play with sort of gravity, lean forward back to try and do it. And you've got timing to get through. So okay. it's very much like a poor man's trials. Or there is a race mode where if you've ever watched Monster Jam, it's literally go out, turn around and come back. It's like 12 seconds long at the most. And when you got the demo and you only got one track and three cars to choose from, it's a pretty <laughs> boring game. Which which cars are they? Oh, son of a digger. One of them. <laughs> digger. Grave digger? Said, no, well, son grave, of a digger. But grave digger's like the... the yeah, this is son of a digger. So you're a son of a digger. Mm. El Toro Loco? That's the, in there, but I couldn't. I didn't have access to that one. <laughs> he just wanted me to keep playing. He's like, more, more. So I'm playing this fucking 12-second level <laughs> repeatedly. And he was loving the pants off it. So this is where you actually bite the bullet and put the battery in the controller and let him do the controller. No, but the problem with these 12-second games is he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and it's over in 12 seconds. What I want is a game where I can just... He doesn't die. He just puts it in the controller and just runs around for three hours and I can let him go. But there's no games that do that mm-hmm. that I can think of. Well, see, that's where it's lucky with my kids because they're that little bit older. And we were playing the Joyride game a couple of months ago. And the Roxette game. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, of course it's the Roxette game. No, it's a avatar driving game. So you're your own little avatar driving around in these convertibles. But my kids, my older boy is quite good at the racing side of it. But yep. the little one can't turn when he's meant to turn. So he doesn't do the races, but they have this open world collection thing where you just have to drive around and, and collect crates and do stunts. And in that, you don't really have to turn anywhere. You can just sandbox mode. Yep. So he loves it. He will sit there for hours if, if we let him, just driving around his little avatar car and doing stunts. So, yeah. So maybe you do need something simple. Or maybe not let him play it at all. Maybe. There's only freaking two. you got to start somewhere. Uh. It's probably better than playing his... Uh, Little ABC games on his iPad or anything, isn't it? He loves them. Anyway. Yeah, well, that's gaming. TV, you watch anything? I have been watching a lot of one thing, or a lot of two things, really. I'll I'll start with a, a couple of things that I've kind of dabbled in before I dive into what I've dived into, if that makes sense. No. All right, I started watching the new season of Game of Thrones. I've done that, yeah. And we are now... Four episodes in. You want ahead of me. I'm not up to date. Yeah, and I will probably say the same thing I said last year, that it hasn't grabbed me, but then we'll probably get to episode eight and I'll be like, oh, this is the best thing. Oh, I, I thought this season started pretty well. Like, I'm not up to date with this week, but the first two episodes were a lot more full on than previous seasons, I thought. I'll go slightly spoilery and say I was happy this week because Littlefinger came back, but that's as far as I'm A lot of people are really excited about that. On, but this is the first time he's been on it. On the Facebooks, on the Twitters and yeah. stuff. People go, oh, Littlefinger. Like, okay. Yes. And they uh, wonder why we pirate out here. Jesus Christ. Mind you, you, you watch it officially. Foxtel, they do have it same same time as the US. So it's on, I think, 11 o'clock on a Monday morning here. So mm. I set my planner up while I'm at work and then I watch it on a Monday night. Mm. And yeah, I'm continuing to watch it, but I'm not enjoying it as much as I should be, I think. I'm not probably paying attention as much as I should. But that being said, something big will happen, I'm sure. And I'll yep. be right back into it. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've been dabbling with is a new cartoon that is on the WWE network that I've been watching through Watch Wrestling. Yep. Called Camp WWE. Mm-hmm. And I've seen... That gay wrestles. Yeah, Darren yeah. Young. And I had seen uh, a few little clips of it, just in the, the ads that they show on Raw with the, what's coming up on the network. Yeah. And I think the only official voices in it are Vince McMahon and Ric Flair do their own voices. Mm. But basically it's Vince running a summer camp with superstars as children being guests in the camp. And I thought, oh yeah, this might be all right. But I didn't realise when I first watched it that it's produced by Seth Green and the other guy that did Robot Chicken. 
Yeah. So it's quite good animated, and it is very adult. There's like swearing. Ric Flair is a sex maniac that just wants to hump anything that he can, and okay. it's interesting. It's a little twenty-two minute cartoon, but they're kind of fun. I've watched a couple of episodes of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably watch it again. Okay. It's not something that I would rush to have to see every week when it gets released, but if I'm not got anything on, I'll probably give it a go. I've got to wish in the nude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but something I will say I've dived big time into, and I have watched that pretty much exclusively for Great the last British couple of six weeks since we record. No? No. Walking Dead. Mm. Now, you're probably surprised, listener, that neither of us had previously watched Walking Dead. Being the fact that we we're meant to be geeks and comic fans and stuff, it's probably strange that we hadn't. I've read the comics. I haven't, so you're one, one step ahead of me. Mm. But I'd, I'd never watched it. I've got friends that rave about how good it is. And my wife just happened to be flicking through the box sets channel on Foxtel and saw that it was on. And she watched the first episode and thought, yeah, this is all right. And she was like, I should watch it. And then if we both like it, we'll watch it together. Yep. So, yes, we I watched it again and thought, yeah, first episode was a little bit slow. But since then, we are now four seasons in. Wow. And we're up to the second episode, season five, in five weeks since we last recorded, pretty much. Like, I mean, I planned on watching it. Like, I had it all downloaded, first four seasons, to a point where it's like, I will watch this one day. But it's not something my wife will watch. So it's something that's up to me to watch. Yeah. So there's always something else. Like, if I could either watch something else or game, or I could do something else or watch something else. Yeah. Watch footy again. I could watch Melbourne beat Richmond again or watch Melbourne beat <laughs> Collingwood again. You know, so I just don't. Yeah. That's like American Horror Story. I think I got the first three seasons downloaded to that. Mm-hmm. To watch going, yeah, I'll get around to that eventually. But if it's a show that I won't watch with her or she won't watch with me, it just doesn't get mm. watched, basically. It, it is pretty gory, but you kind of... Most of the gore is just zombie gore, although there is a little bit of human-on-human violence every now and then. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's strange because it's not really a zombie program. It's more about the relationships between the humans. Yep. And it reminds me a lot of Lost, the way it's it's put together, the way it's kind of filmed with, like, little flashbacks at the start of the episode. And then as the episode goes on, you kind of realise how that flashback sort of ties in. Yep. But, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really hooked. Okay. So, yeah, I, I really recommend like, it. Uh, there's nothing against it as to why I'm not watching it. I just don't. Mm-hmm. haven't. Where I, like I said, I read the first eight trades, I think. So, you know, I sort of know the story. I know what it's all about. So yep. it's not for any other reason. I just haven't got to it. Mm-hmm. And probably won't if I've got this far. Yeah, yeah probably. But the good thing is, because Foxtel has the box, box Sets channel, we can just sit there and download an episode and watch it. And then but then you're going to get up today and then you have to wait with everyone well, else. probably. One, one thing I will say with the Box Sets channel, you've got all like six seasons or something so far, but I really wish you could just click one button and say download this whole season because yeah. you have to download individual episodes. Mm-hmm. And we actually got ourselves into trouble the other week because we were downloading them and one downloaded quicker than the other and we watched two episodes out of order mm-hmm. and one bit was happening and we're like, how come he's there? What's going on here sort of thing? But yep. we then realised what was going on. Fair enough. But yes. <laughs> and one... Well, two last things I will mention. I've been watching a lot of wrestling lately again, too. I've started watching a bit more New Japan wrestling. Mm -hmm. But we've talked a lot about wrestling, so I won't mention too much. Yep. But I will mention Lucha Underground has become very good again. Yep. And in one of their little backstage vignettes, Lorenzo Lamas turned up, so I was quite impressed with that. But other than that, big event TV just happened this month as well, as we had Eurovision. And being a big fan of the Eurovision Song Contest, I decided to give that a go. Yeah. And... I don't know if you watched it. No. It was probably a little bit more better production than other years as far as their interactive stage shows. The songs themselves are getting a little bit too poppy now, I think. You don't have that sort of crazy factor that you used to be able to have with, like, Ireland with their hand puppet turkey contestant. There was a naked dude with a wolf. Yeah, we didn't watch the semi-final. Well, we that's the, the thing so maybe that's missing why. out. Because they're the quirky ones that don't get through. Maybe. There was a, a German girl that was in cosplay outfit, kind of like Alice in Wonderland, that was kind of cool. Yeah. I thought she might have done better, but she didn't. Australia did quite well. Came second. Uh, Australia, the part of Europe. Yeah, yeah, Australia, the part of Europe. Just like Israel, Israel. the part of Europe. And there's probably others. Azerbaijan, is that part of Europe? I don't know. I'd say so. But they were making a big deal about the fact that it was live in China and live in US on TV for the first time this year. That's huge. And they had Justin Timberlake perform at the halftime bit, so mm-hmm. getting their Americans in. 
hopefully it doesn't mean that America will be in the competition because oh, I think that will be the death knell for us. Right, so it's only one performance. I don't know, but no, you know what Americans are like. Sorry for any American listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with them on that. Uh, anyway, all right, but that, that was my television. And yourself, Mitch? Uh, not a lot. Just the usuals with the Supergirls, the Flashes, the Arrows, the just Legends of Tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. So I don't need to go into those. But like I said with my son, he really likes his monster trucks. And thanks to my parents, when they look after him once a week, there's a show on Foxtel, which they watch, which is Blaze and the Monster Machines, which is like... Blaze and the Monster Machines. You know yes, it. I've got children as well. And he loves it. So it's like, Monster Truck! That's what he wants. So uh, there's a thing on YouTube where they've done a super cut of like four and a half hours long. <laughs> so I just put that on when I want to distract him. Awesome. But um, So I've been seeing a lot of that. It's now, which one are we going to jump here? Is this one, am I going to crash into the wall? Or this one? You yell out the the one that's going to be right now. Yeah, that's right. This one. It, oh. It's educational. I know, but far out. It's, it yes. teaches them science. What, what's the expression they use? STEM, STEM or something? The uh, inertia and matter and all that sort of stuff. It, mm. It's very physics-based, scientific. I'm sure it is. Educational. All right, fine. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, watched a bit of that of late. But something else I did check out. Only one episode so far, but it was the Mike Tyson Mysteries, which is an animated show and I remember season 2 just started I think and I saw it available I saw it was going to be made and I never really followed up on it then I saw it popped up season 2 just started I was like oh yeah I was going to check that out and it looks like your 80s Hanna-Barbera cartoons I don't know if you remember the Mr. T cartoon do you yes, remember it? with the acrobatic yes kids. where it was Mr. T driving around in a bus with a bunch of a <laughs> No, it was a bus. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a rape van? <coughs> it was a tour bus. It was a with... white bus with no windows. No, it wasn't. Okay. It was the tour bus with a gymnast gymnastics team. Yep. And they'd go to gymnastic tournaments. They'd travel around. And while they were travelling, they would solve crimes. Generally. As you do. Yeah, and Mr. T was the driver of the bus, the guardian of them all. He also, there was also a brother of one of the um, gymnasts was there, and he used to dress like Mr. T. He, he had the, the cut the denim jacket with the sleeves off and everything and there was also a dog with, with a mohawk, mohawk. Yes. Yes. yes yes so and, and that was the show and they go around they solve crimes you know or whatever mysteries mike tyson mysteries is a piss take of that you're looking at it going this, so what what is it exactly and then i found out Mr. Uh, mike tyson does do the voice of himself in it so I was like, oh, i'm gonna check out an episode i gotta see this and it's mike tyson playing himself in it and he's Outfit as him in a tracksuit with a question mark on the on the, on the, in the on the chest. There's an Asian girl as well who's got the same like tracksuit on as well. Then there's a ghost who's a gentleman ghost called Marks and Marks and Queensbury or something, like that. and it's voiced by the dean from Community. And there's a pigeon as well in the team who's voiced by Norm Macdonald. Oh, awesome! And they solve mysteries and they're swearing and stuff in and everything which shocked the hell out of me when I first saw it because it's like whoa 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 I thought it was yeah it could be a piss take cartoon but it still could be yeah. legit cartoon I was like no no they're swearing okay but it was um, interesting. Like the episode I saw was uh, the mystery they had to solve was this woman was in a coma, and the husband's like, "Oh, I'd really be good if she's we could get her out for Christmas." It's just not quite the same. Everything. His stepson's there on a phone with the headphones in, just not giving a shit, and they're sort of just talking away. And and the the ghost goes, "Oh, she's in a coma. That's a deep sleep. I can go into dream realms. I'm dead. I can do this. Maybe we can do that." And then they go to. Um, the cafeteria in the hospital and talk about it for a bit saying well if we do this we can all go in there it's like well I'm the only one that can go in there I'm dead and he goes oh well we, if we all kill ourselves we can go in there too and help it's like yeah well we're not going to do that and the other's like why not and then Mike's like I wish you told me that earlier why because I've just poisoned all that drinks so and they all just fall down dead in the middle of the cafeteria become ghosts and go into a dream and it's a bit wrong and they all go into her head as ghosts they go in literally enter her through the head and Norm Macdonald who's a dodgy pigeon goes well I'm going in the way nature intended and goes up <laughs> under the under the um, sheets and up in between her legs and it's like yeah this, this is definitely not for kids not for hmm. but yeah it was funny it was really really funny so yeah one episode in but I, I will check that out. definitely check it out it was quite funny well speaking of cartoons we actually had a little bit of a massive attack excursion we did we did we went With to friend of the show Joel yes and we went to the Astor Cinema, and it's the first time I've actually been to the Astor since they've reopened it, so I'm a bit slack. But they had the, what do they call it, the all-you-can-eat cereal. cereal Saturday morning cartoon cereal party or something? Something like that. The Saturday morning all-you-can-eat cereal party. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was on any a Sunday in the mention afternoon. of cartoons in the title, but yeah. So what they did, they set up a little buffet at the back of the downstairs part of the cinema with all you could eat cereal. Not good cereal, though. No, I was hoping they'd go to USA Foods or something yeah, and grab maybe. some like American cereals, but they didn't. But that's they had, fine. They had Fruit Loops, and Fruit Loops are still just as shit as I remember them uh, from when I was a child. They're not food. I, thought, I don't know. Maybe my diabetes was kicking yeah. in after I ate the. But fruit. the worst thing, and probably smart by their point, they didn't actually have bowls. No, they had plates. Yes. So, milk and plates and cereal don't quite mix, but, you know, I got my fill. My second, my third round, I just didn't even bother with the milk. It was just easier. Yeah, Very well, I think most though. people were doing that. Yeah. But anyway, the premise was the presenter whose name escapes me right now also works for Monster Fest, which yep. is a horror festival. Festival, yeah. Horror and movie festival. Horror movie festival. And she decided that as a tribute to her upbringing in America, watching lots of cartoons on a Saturday morning and eating lots of sugary cereals, that she would put on a three-hour spectacular of cartoons. And I think they built it from the 40s to the 80s. It was billed as that, but it was pretty much 70s to 80s. There was one 40s cartoon. Well, there was that there. little Talking Crows one that was... Heckle and Jekyll. No, no they weren't. But Heckle it was pre-Heckle yeah. and Jekyll. There was Heckle and Jekyll, but it was before they were even yeah. named. But apart from that, that was the only thing from that sort of era. And yeah, they intertwined the cartoons with like old clips TVs ads ads. and toy ads and I think actually the the He-Man toy ad for Stinkor or someone got the biggest pop of the night I think it was weird because I was going in there going oh three hours that's a lot of stuff but in the end it went pretty quick as far as how much you can show in three hours yeah I think the fact that most cartoons are what 22 minutes long yeah. meant that tack on a few station IDs and ads and stuff on the end you're, you're limited six, yeah exactly six odd shows and I mean I was, there was a lot of things I was expecting to see and I didn't really get any of them and it was good and uh, not being sexist or anything here but I'm thinking if it was you or Joel or myself and it's an age and a boy thing that there would have been He-Man in there there would have been Transformers in there yeah definitely there would have been you know Brave Star or any of those things that we grew up loving you know yeah. where being a woman curating this it definitely had a, a different feel to that there was no real blokey toy tie-in sort of show they did have the Dungeons and Dragons but that's not it's got female characters as well True. as male characters it's, it's not big early men doing violent a team collaborating together to help so it started off first cartoon they showed what showed shown that showed, was shown that was shown was um jackson five jackson five from 1973 which was a weak opener i understand why she showed it because it was quite weird it was psychedelic. very psychedelic mm. it had very green overtones like from modern it was very um environmental in yeah. that way and very psychedelic and strange and our friends of all the nature and all that sort of shit because a guy wanted to put a concert on in the forest somewhere and he was just going to tear the trees down and the Jackson 5 weren't happy about that saying where are we going to perform it's like here we're going to make a stage here we're going to chop all the trees it's like you can't do that the, the woodland creatures are our friends and then they end up hijinks insured where they just kept fucking over the loggers by doing stuff to their tools and so putting maple it. syrup in the chainsaw yeah it was, it was a bit shit but there was two like music numbers in it that were like really weird psychedelic yellow submarine sort of psychedelic mm. visual yeah. animation clips and it was like okay fair enough but it was it was a bit dull like I was a bit tired I, I don't remember a bit maybe I'll, oh, I got a phone call at one point <laughs> so I left in the middle of it which I wasn't I wasn't that upset about yeah, it was it, pretty it, cool it wasn't a, the punchy opener that you it was a weak had. opener then could be saying things out of order we had Gilligan's Planet which I didn't even know of no I did I do remember watching that. Watching it, though, you could tell it was the filmation, Lou Schreimer and whatever the dude's name was. It, they had a lot of the same He-Man sound Written effects. Written by Paul Dini. Really? Who created Harley Quinn, the oh. character from Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting, but I don't know if it would be, again, was, something I would pick. It was pick. a solid episode without being fantastic. And it was like, yeah. okay, yeah, that was cool. I'm trying to remember. I'm totally I think after that, they had the Talking Crows. Oh, yeah. Which was kind of good because it was sure. a, a throwback to that old sort of quite racist but technically, yeah but technically if you're doing Saturday morning cartoons you don't show that no. it's the wrong period I mean if you're doing Saturday morning cartoons it should have been from Syndicated 70s to 80s yep. time period we had highlight for me was the Rocky and Bullwinkle yep. still it, holds up today it, Fucking exactly funny. what I was about to say it, it it's funny because there was kind of the crowd was a little bit of a lull coming out of Gilligan's Planet yep. and then as soon as Rocky and Bullwinkle hit it was like Yes, finally some good so cartoons. Clever. And without being like, it was just funny. Like it was legitimately funny. It yeah. wasn't nostalgically funny. It was just yeah. The funny. joke, the joke still hit. There was those little end bits where they're like, you know, tune in for the next episode, and they have the two different possible titles with yeah. the, the puns in them and stuff. And it is yeah, legitimately still holds up. 
Yeah, so that that was really good to see that. Also, the quality of those was better. The worst thing about the Jackson 5 was you were sitting in a cinema watching what looks something ripped off YouTube, essentially, yep. and the sound wasn't the greatest. So to get the sound as it was, you had also had the noise amplified to get the thing. Yep. So it was actually quite a painful thing to watch. Yeah. Like, it was not fun to watch, and it was a painful because you got noise. Other episodes weren't so bad. Yeah, I think <coughs> I think the Rocking Bullwinkle was probably a DVD. I think so, yeah. And so it they had clear. that, and there was a couple of the other later episodes, like even the, the Dungeons and Dragons Don't episode looked really crisp. And that was a good episode too, and I, I think that was written by someone else who was... Went on to something. Yeah, yeah. that I go, I know that name as well. Yeah, and then um, I think after that we had... A Mark the, Avenue, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, after that I think we had... Who the, the Wanderer. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we had... Was it Team Wolf after that? Oh, I forget about that, yeah. With the, the punks that were very much not what you'd think punks would be. Hmm. And it was interesting because the wolf turned into the wolf and all the punks kind of thought he was just wearing a punk costume. Yeah, it was a bit punkish. But yeah, so Team Wolf based on the TV on the movie Team Wolf. But not um, starring the voices of Michael J. Fox or anything like that? Or no, even I think his dad. I think his dad. Really? Was, um, oh, the, the real dead, one? The, the well, dead what of... we did notice, though, that was it Donnie Most was the voice in yeah, probably in a half a dozen He was in two, yeah. yeah. Donnie Most, who was um, Ralph Malf, because he was in... He was, yeah, he was Dungeons the best Dragon friend. Dungeons Dragons going, that sounds like Ralph Mouth. And then he turned up in Team Wolf the next episode. Yeah, the best like, friend in Team like Wolf. Ralph Mouth again. Yeah. yeah. And then for the finisher, actually, what I forgot, they had the Star Trek animated yes. series, which, again, I knew of, but I'd never actually seen. And I, it's, it's a good cartoon. Like, it's actually, as far as science fiction goes, it was actually a clever, well-paced science fiction show. And it was believable for Star Trek. It was kind of like they may have been episodes that they'd pitched for the yeah, real season that was, didn't quite get made, and they'd put it as cartoon instead. You know, so it, it was clever. It wasn't dumbed down or whatever. It was what it was, and um, enjoyable for what it was. But that's Star Trek, you know. It's, it and is. I, was some of them the real voices? Yeah. Not everyone, that was it? I think so. Like oh, it, was, okay. it was Kirk, it was Spock, it was Bones. Oh, I thought Bones sounded a little bit different. Scotty definitely sounded different. But I think Kirk and Spock were definitely were definitely Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Yep. Yeah, and then they, the finish, which should have been, by all accounts, again, the big crescendo, yeah. they, they finished on Scooby-Doo. Which technically, because the crowd popped, so I'm not going to say it's the wrong choice, but personally, I don't give a yeah. shit about Scooby-Doo. But it's a cartoon that's been pretty much in perpetuity since 1969. There's always been a... I think there's only been like 12 different iterations of Scooby-Doo over the last so many years. There's been a couple of breaks here and there, but they are constant. Yep. And this was an earlier episode, and it was kind of fun for what it was, and the crowd did seem to get into it, and, 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 and I just don't get it. I don't understand Scooby-Doo. I thought about it about two years ago. I came to a conclusion of going, I don't get Scooby-Doo. Why is there still Scooby-Doo? Why do they keep remaking Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo. What is it about Scooby-Doo that makes it so endearing and everlasting? Because I don't get it. Stoners, probably. Well, maybe. Ironically, though, you're a big fan of Scooby-Doo cosplay. I do. (laughs) And porn parodies. (laughs) Yes. Yes, well. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we went. I'd do it again. I'd I'd definitely do it again. And it's a shame they didn't advertise what was going to be in, but then I think... Oh, it's better without. Yeah, it was more of a surprise that what's it going to be... I'd love it to be longer, but advertise what was going to be in it. Maybe. Where you turn around and go, all right, we're going to do six hours, like the old 24-hour movie marathon at Valhalla. I never went to that, but you knew it was coming. So you go, all right, we're going to have a meal break at some point. That's a movie I don't like. That's when I'm going to go off and have dinner. Forbidden Planet's on, I can go and get a burger. Yeah, Yeah, so if you did a six-hour cartoon thing where it's like, I don't need to watch Jim and the Holograms, that's when I'm going to go off and grab a burger. You need to watch Jim and the Holograms. I don't know, I'm just pulling it one as an example. You know, (laughs) Scooby-Doo would be the, oh, all right, I'm going to fuck off during that, or... Goobly Goobler. What was the one you fought up before? Goober the Ghost Chasers. That's the one, yeah. What about Snorks? Yeah, well, rip off Smurfs. <laughs> I mean, it was it was well attended. I so don't think they, it was... They could have put a Smurfs episode on. Everyone loves Smurfs. I hate Smurfs. Well, you can go nah, Smurf nah, yourself. No, 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 Yes, I'd rather go off in the toilet and have a quick Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> there was lots of things they could have done. But, yeah, as you said, I, I would go again. Yeah, so, I mean, people got um, into it. There were people who turned up in their jammies and things like that. I I'm hope gl- they do it again. I'm glad you didn't say there was people that came in their jammies. <laughs> <laughs> they smurfed in their jammies. Yes. Uh, yeah, so hopefully it was successful and they do it again and, yeah, bring it up. There, there seemed to be a, a fairly decent crowd. Like, it wasn't full by any stance. No, it was only 12 bucks, wasn't it? Yeah, like it was. Yeah, so for three hours and a bunch of cereal. Yeah. So, yes, recommend it. I, I'd do it again. I'd do it again. Well, 
Speaking of the Aster, yes. you've actually been back to the Aster I again. was there last night. I went and saw Mad Jazz, as they called it. Yeah. And what it is is part of the Stonington Jazz Festival, because I'm highfalutin now. Yeah. <laughs> and I um, I went and saw Mad Max with a, j- a live jazz band doing the um, score. So this they was wrote a score the original for it. The original 1979 Max. Max. I love that movie. Mad I've Goose. talked about it before. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about the whole time. It's, mad, it's not Mad Max. Goose is a mad one. It was interesting. I mean, I'm glad I know the movie back to front because they just played music over the top so you couldn't hear a lot of the dialogue. Was it the Australian dialogue or the American dialogue? Well, it couldn't matter because you couldn't hear it. <laughs> but it was the Australian dialogue. I went with two friends, one who's 70 and one who's 22s, and neither of them have seen it or if they had, they can't really remember it. But they didn't get, they didn't mind not hearing the dialogue because it's a very visual film anyway, so you yeah. don't need it. And there were quiet moments when they was talking and they did pull the music down for that and they let those scenes play out. But apart from that, it was just go. And it was a big band too. We're talking like nine, ten members. Okay. You know, we're talking big-ass saxophones. You know, the really big ones. Not the normal saxophone, but the really big ones. Baritone sax. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so it, it was really funky. Like, it was a cool little jazz score over the top of the, watching Mad Max again because I've seen this movie every way you possibly can, I think, now. Because I, I saw it, I've seen it on video. That's where I would, would have first seen it. I've seen it on DVD. I've seen it on Blu-ray. I've seen it on telly with ad breaks. I've seen, well, that's, I have that taped off the telly and I watch that a lot. <laughs> I have seen it at the cinema. I've seen it at the cinema a few times. I've seen it at the drive-in last year. Now I've seen it with a live test score. So I was like, it's the most... I've seen a film now, I think. I mean, you could say, you know, all those people have gone and seen Blade Runner, like, all the different cuts. This is uh, a little bit different. Yeah, so that was, that was kind of cool. That was my That's Aster, cool. my second Aster journey um, in the last couple of weeks. Well, I actually did one other trip to the cinema, mm-hmm. and kind of tying into the Aster, I actually went to the Westgarth, which is another of the... It used to be like the Aster. Well, it still has that whole Art Deco feel. and Yeah, but they've separated inside. it. But, they've yeah. put two little cinemas up the top yes. instead of having a second balcony, and well, they don't play old films anymore. No, I, I went and saw a new release yep. at the uh, the Westgarth, and yep. I saw The Huntsman Winter's War. Which is the prequel to what? Snow White and the Huntsman. It's kind of a prequel sequel, because it starts off... The start of the movie is a prequel, yeah, and then they kind of jump, jump to after what happened in the first one. Okay. And Kristen Stewart, who played Snow White, Mm-hmm. In the first one, which I haven't actually seen, isn't in it. Okay. But I think pretty much everyone else is. There's extra characters. Well, there, there is a lot of extra characters, yep. but it was actually a lot better than I thought it would be. The okay. effects in it were really well done. There's a couple of really big battle scenes, as I mentioned before. It made me want to go home and play Diablo. Yep. And Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth was Thor. just Thor. Was just, he was likable, and he kept his Scottish accent quite well, even though he's Australian. He kept the accent nicely. Okay, because in the first movie, he was Thor. Oh, he didn't really have a Scottish oh. accent. But no, he was really good. Emily Blunt was good. Uh, Jessica Chastain was like his offside of the archer that was quite good. Mm. And what really made it for me is there was two gnomes or dwarfs that were helping him with his tracking. And they were played by Nick Frost and Rob Brydon, who's the host of What I Like To You. Oh, okay. And they were I probably... I think Nick Frost was the original. Yeah, they, they, for me, they were the highlight of the movie. Okay. Nick Frost was awesome. No, Ian Rob, McShane, because he was in the original. No, he no. wasn't a cocksucker. So, yeah, but I, it was... Just asking the question. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it a lot better than I thought it would. When, when we saw it, we had some free tickets from my wife's like, oh, you know, Friday night, let's get out and do something. And it, it was unexpectedly good. Cool. So I would recommend it if it is still at the cinemas. It probably isn't, since all of the other big releases which you're about to talk about have started. Yeah. That big release, Chuck Norris versus Communism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, no, that's a movie I caught on the Netflixes this week. It was a documentary. The, the, the name was intriguing enough that I watched it. It's a documentary about the Romanian underground video viewing market that was going okay. on. And what it was is, in Romania, it was super communist. And they had, I forget the name of the committee, but it was a censorship board, basically. And the way they would dub videos back then, they would watch a video and this woman would just read it or multiple people would do it but they whatever was being said she would just translate so it would be over the top with her, her saying everything that was being said and they they recreated some scenes for this movie but what happened was everything was banned it's like super communist everything's banned even Russian stuff was banned in there because there was a scene they showed where it was a, a Russian animated a, a little show and it was the, the a Russian the like, insects Christmas 
No. Throwing back to uh, 12 Days of Christmas to you? No, 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 no. We're talking 80s. We're talking... And that was a wolf or something was representing Russia and there was this little dancing little dog or something that came past and he had three balloons attached to him and he's dancing underneath and they wanted to ban that because look at that. That's a, Those balloons in the colours of the Romanian flag and it's... They're showing that we're under the foot and we're dancing puppies to the Russians and that sort of stuff. So we're cutting that out. And that was cutting a scene out. It was an American movie where a guy was in like a supermarket and there was all this cereal in the background. It's like, look at all the choice they have. Get rid of it. That scene's coming out. So it's to that extreme. So you sort of got this story and they're talking to these people like it's talking heads. You're going, oh, I remember the first movie I saw was this and I did that. And then they're sort of recreating, showing these people in pathetic, not pathetic, it's very wrong on me, but, you know, concrete apartment buildings just you know very eastern block yeah sort of stuff and this guy's putting up benches and stuff and he's got like 30 people in his apartment with a video and they're watching top gun last tango in paris all these different movies because these guys will get bootlegs in and they watch it and they talk to this woman they all knew this woman's voice who does these translations because she did it for the government but someone approached her one day and said would you like to make some extra money on the side and she ended up doing these bootlegs of these hollywood and world movies that weren't outside of the censorship so they all knew her because she was the best at it or whatever and it's pretty amazing like they're talking to the old women and the first movie she ever saw was Last Tango in Paris and you go wow but (laughs) everyone was just everyone would watch it it was just all these movies they you know everything was just like wow (coughs) and one guy saying he saw like Top Gun 38 times or something and they kept talking about one was talking about Missing in Action 2 and they put his head in the bag with a rat they were just showing that scene from (laughs) Chuck Norris and that's why he sort of like and it got to a point where is it Ceausescu I think was in charge of Romania at the time I think the leader but this guy was making a hand over fist doing the bootlegging like he he had all the like he'd drive them in from he'd go over the border and fill up his car and drive back in and he'd basically pay off the border guards so they didn't inspect the car and he just had videos and they said like a video player a VHS player was the same as a car the cost of the car so we're talking 1984 I know our first video was was $1400 or $1400 that's crazy and a video was like 200 bucks a blank video or whatever yeah. Like for for them and it just sort of like through choice like and they were saying things just seeing New York you know forget forget seeing the action and the bomb you know bombastic of the, the, the movies but just seeing a sh- supermarket or a shopping centre was amazing to these people because hmm. you don't get it they got community or um, you know government run TV stations that are controlling everything you see you don't get travelogues you don't see what the rest of the world is doing what they're wearing all this sort of stuff so it was very much an eye open in that way and in the end it was sort of like you know like all communism eventually got overthrown and it's they reckon these videos had a lot to do with it because it got bigger and bigger and everyone else more people were doing it people were charging like 200, 200 I don't know lira Rubles. whatever it was to you know come and do this sort of thing and uh, it, it was interesting it was fascinating to Ooh. see for that okay. I thought it was kind of cool nice but yeah so but I have seen two other little films you may not have heard of them. One of them's called Captain America Civil War. No, isn't it's, it? <laughs> it's to do with the Marvel Slater pictures. It's this little indie, indie company that does these tie-in movies like Avengers and Iron Man and stuff. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I saw, like everyone else, I have seen Captain America Civil War. Except me. Except I you. Haven't. It's good. It's more of the same. You know what you're getting with the Marvel film now. You didn't like Winter Soldier? No. I think you'll like this. And you liked Age of Ultron more? Yeah, kind of. I, I like wouldn't this. say I liked it more. I like the first Avengers. Mm. Yeah, well, this is, is it's, it's you know, it's more than a Captain America film because it's, it's got everyone in it. Yeah. Bar Hulk and Thor. But it's fun. If you like all that stuff, you know what you're in for and it's good. I'm and I probably should go and see it at the cinema before it finishes at the cinema, you think? Oh, it's better. Hmm. But, you know, it's good. Hmm. It's good. All right. Well, the other one that you've seen, which I am actually keen to see. Yes. And you did that whole pre-release seeing it on a special night, didn't you? I did. This Monday, I went and saw X-Men Apocalypse, which is from VIP screening. I'm not sure who and why. Like, it was like when I saw Deadpool. There was a shitload of people dressed up as Deadpool, where there was no one dressed up. There. So we got there early. And there wasn't many people at all thinking this is... Uh, maybe it is like it. I like it when there's not too many real people around. But they're giving you beers and your wines and ciders at the start and they're not taking the phones off you which they do at some of these screenings I was like oh, this could be a preview screening but there was I think there were reviewers there because I did see a few people like taking notes as they were watching and stuff mm-hmm. but it, it, it was full with and kids and stuff so there must have been some sort of VIP competition, competition winners, winners. Yeah. and again it, it's more of the modern X-Men like it feels like Days of Future Past it's got the cast from Days of Future Past and First Class. Yep. Like I went with a friend Dave and he didn't think much of it, but he's very grumpy anyway. And he's not overly a comic book movie fan, is he? No, he's becoming more and more jaded. 
He goes, these aren't for me anymore. Like, he's just a bit more... Like, a, he saw Civil War with us, and he's like, yeah, these aren't... I don't know why I'm here, kind of thing. Hmm. I'd say, I quite like the, the modern X-Men movies. Like, I really love First Class and... First Class is great. So, I'm I, quite keen to see it's, this. It's good. Best thing, again, is Quicksilver. Like, his scene's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it, it's fun. And uh, it does what it does. Like, I'm not going to say it's good or it's bad or whatever, but I, I, I like what it does. But it, for me, it's like, oh, I'm getting comics on the big screen. And... It, it kind they of is marks. the sort of second tier, though, isn't it? It's obviously the Avengers, Captain America is the big show, and these are kind of like well, that feels that not way. Quite as big, like budget wise. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be. It was like when X Men first came out. Like we're the yeah. big guys. There's nothing else. Yeah, Iron Man came out. Yeah, they were comparative, and then it seemed to they became bottom dwellers. Like with First Class, no one gave a shit about the X Men anymore because three ruined it for everybody. Yeah. And then Vaughn went out. You didn't have any big names. Like, Jennifer Lawrence wasn't a huge name then. Fassbender wasn't a massive name. You and, know. Yeah, James McAvoy's not exactly filling no. seats either, is he? No, so it was sort of like, oh, yeah. This, 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 and it was a really good film. But it wasn't A-list. It wasn't A-grade. It didn't feel like the Marvel films. It was sort of <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're still using this commodity, but we're not pushing it with A-list talent or anything. Obviously, Fassbender's are awesome. Jennifer Lawrence has become awesome. You know, yeah. All this sort of shit. So, First Class did what it had to do as it got people interested again. Brian Singer came back on board, did Days of Future Past, where he got sort of Patrick Stewart and McAvoy. And yeah, did a sort of, crossover. There was a bit of crossover. Undid everything that three was, which was fantastic. Like, he sort of just goes, yeah, that didn't happen. Thank you. Had a bit of fun with it. A bit of a mess, because whenever you're dealing with time travel... And those sort of things. It was a bit of a messy plot, but love the fact that it's set in the seventies, and I love that first class was set in the sixties. Like, mm. and this is set in the eighties. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I do like those elements of it, but it does still feel B grade mm. compared to an Avengers or yep. you know. But it's not, and it's not cheap or anything like that. Yeah. But it, it just it doesn't feel as important as the Marvel films for whatever reason, because it just feels smaller. Okay. Even though it's, it's not, but it just feels it. And I guess the burning question, how was Olivia Munn? Yeah, no, not that good. Okay. Like, she doesn't do a lot. Like, she only has one or two lines. She looks fantastic just standing there, and that's what she does a lot of. And she just stands badly for some reason. But I heard <laughs> that to lube her up to get her in the costume, so she probably couldn't move, probably. to be honest. Uh, so there's, people are just sort of standing around in their poses, and she's sort of in a pose, and she just looks uncomfortable awkward. every time, where the others look fine, but she just looks weird. Hmm. It's like, she probably can't breathe. But yeah. That's a shame. But um, it, it's fun. Like, I went there and it was fun. I knew Dave was not enjoying it. He didn't give a shit, but I, I got what I got out of it and I enjoyed that. So, yeah, it was cool. Cool. All right. Well, there is another movie that we watched together that we probably should mention. We did tease the oh, yeah, idea last right. month that we were going to do a bit of a special on Saturday Night Live movies. Yeah. And we were so pumped after watching Wayne's World that we, we thought went. we would watch a bunch of them. Yep. And we watched Night at the Roxbury. We had a choice. You go Superstar or Night at the Roxbury. And then you looked at the running time for Superstar and that's it was like, over two yeah, hours Yeah, two long. hours and 15 minutes It's like, yeah, something. not tonight. So we watched Night at the Roxbury and that's where it ended. Our little yeah. challenge to rewatch. We're going... And we looked at the list of Saturday Night Live movies going, yeah, I don't really want to watch any of these. We could have watched Wayne's World 2, but that may have just tainted the goodness that is Wayne's World 1. Yeah. So I, I think the conclusion that we came to was 1992 Wayne's World was good. Yep. And then by the time they got to 1998 and they had Night at the Roxbury, the Saturday Night Live movie wheels had fallen off. Because the, I, I have fond memories of Night at the Roxbury, but watching it again, no one in that movie is likable. No. It was very Wayne's World. Like you could sort of feel and there's a Wayne's Worldness to it where they're trying to be quite, you know. But the thing with Wayne's World is Wayne's likable and Garth's likable. They're not, they are dicks to some people. Yep. But they're not evil and they come across as quirky. Whereas they're just stupid in. Yeah, Will Farrell just came across as an idiot. And they're not, they don't, you don't want them to succeed. No. Because you're not, I can't not, even remember what the character name is, but yeah. Chris Catan's character was just not just likable at all molly shannon's character was just a bitch really yeah it was just like not likable and you haven't seen stepbrothers yeah but you watch stepbrothers and you go this is where will ferrell's pretty much taken this movie and got it right where he's got those characters and and got them right so i I recommend you see stepbrothers maybe i should because you got that sort of weirdness of these two man-childs who sort of figure it out and it's funnier because it is they go more absurd and more wrong but they're also it's more absurd where this is just like it's a bunch of set pieces and set gags that just don't work and they don't go silly like Wayne's World did where they can go extreme they try to keep it coherent but it just doesn't work so yeah 
It broke us. Hmm. It did. So we gave so up the on challenge the idea we had. We, we got rid of. No. Well, we reached perfection with Wayne's World, so we just should have stopped, really. Yeah. But other than movies, I have had one little other excursion mm. that I will mention. And right now at the moment, the Melbourne Museum has the Jurassic World exhibition. Yep. And my five-year-old is just so dinosaur. Animatronic life-size dinosaurs. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm. So my, my little one went as a school excursion. Yep. And he came home just full of awe of these dinosaurs and came back home Fascinated saying... Fascinated by dinosaurs. Yeah, that too. But he came back saying, you know, we've got to go again. Can I go again? <laughs> so we were like, all right, we'll, we'll go. And we, we looked at how much it was and it was actually quite expensive. It's mm. like $34 for an adult for a peak ticket and 22 for a kid. Yeah. But that does get you into the museum itself as well. But it's probably worth it, but it's not very long. All up, it's about 40 minutes to go through it all. So you start off by going in small groups downstairs in the museum and you go into a set that's designed. I haven't seen Jurassic World, so a lot of it probably went over my head. But you're in a boat and you're watching like this video of them going to Jurassic World and they have some scientist comes on the video and goes, you know. Is it Biddy Wong? No, it wasn't Biddy Wong. It was a woman. But, yeah. the movie. Oh, okay. It's just this woman saying, you know, here at Cyberdyne Industries or something. I can't even remember what the name of it was. Cyberdyne. It wasn't Cyberdyne. That's what just came to my head. Yes. But, but that Probably. Anyway. But they talk about how they found the, the dinosaur blood in the mosquito and they've cloned these dinosaurs. Yeah. And then you go in and it opens, the boat opens and you walk in. It's a real boat? No. It's, oh. You're just in a room with like sliding doors and videos, videos on, the, on the windows to make it look like the, the water's moving. It's immersive, but it's you can tell you're just in yeah. a room. And then, you, yeah, you go in and it opens up and it's like a dark room and it's set up kind of like a zoo, only there's these gigantic animatronic dinosaurs. So you walk in and there's this Brachiosaurus or a Patasaurus or one of those big long neck things. You know your sauruses. Leaning over it and then a Parasaurolophus, if you know your dinosaurs, the one with the horn on its head, no. which was really interesting as well. And then they have, it wasn't a Triceratops, it's the one that's like a Triceratops with no horns and a baby one. And you watch that and then you go into like this little lab and they show you how they hatch the eggs and stuff and then they're like, oh, the Tyrannosaurus show's about to start. We can show you feeding time at the Tyrannosaurus. And you're watching this video about how they've done this Tyrannosaurus. And then they're like, oh, we'll go into the park. And then all these sirens go off and it goes dark and these sirens are going. And it's like, oh, there's a break in the containment. And this you know, massive animatronic uh, T-Rex comes out. And the way it's set up is there's a, a ute with hay bales in the back. And the animatronic T-Rex comes out, bobs the ute right in front of where you're standing. And it's actually pretty scary. And my little five-year-old was hiding behind me. And my You'd wife's already like, done it, though. Yeah. My wife's like, oh, are you a bit scared? And he's like, no, I just want to stand here because I can see better sort of thing. <laughs> but just seeing the awe in a child's eyes of seeing these you know, massive robotic dinosaurs and just the, the sound was really well done. It, it, totally immersive. So even though it's expensive, if you like dinosaurs or if you like the movie, I would say definitely go and see it. I feel like having an immersive experience where you're not actually on a boat. Yeah. You go to that. It's not immersive. Okay. Not water immersive. But yeah, and even just the, the rest of the, the museum, I hadn't been to the museum for probably a couple of years. It's open. And it, it was good. And again, probably not quite as good as Science Works here in Melbourne, but it's very well t- uh, tailored for kids because a lot of the exhibitions, they have things like lower down at kid level so they can look at it too. So you don't have to keep having to pick your kid up to yeah. you know, show them what's in the displays, which I thought was really good. Cool. Nice and interactive. Yes. Yeah. Well, I had a theatre experience. You did? Yeah. Very cultured. Yeah. Cultured as. <laughs> yes, I went and saw Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And I'm not dropping my G's on purpose. It's actually singing. In Apostrophe the in the rain. Yeah. Mm. It was good. I mean, I love that movie. Adore that movie. Watch it a lot. Go to bed to watching it a lot. I put it on to go to bed to. Except that fucking. <laughs> oh, what is it? That bloody song. Got to sing. There's a there's a section in it. It's just shit. Take that out. It's a perfect movie. So the movie is a Gene Kelly dancing movie. Yeah. And was the dancing in the stage show up to that? Uh it's not Gene. You Obviously. know. I mean, singing wise, Gene wasn't the best singer. But didn't matter. They're pretty basic songs. Um, Adam Garcia is the guy playing it from um, Coyote Ugly. And dancing-wise, he's not quite... He was in Bootman, I suppose. He, he was a dancing, sort of tap-dancing Shearers or Miners movie oh, like from a couple of years back. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. He was fine to dance. In the, Have you seen the movie? Do you know the movie? No? I've seen bits of the yeah. movie. All right, well, basic plot is he's a silent movie star in the, in Hollywood. The advent of talkies is coming out. Now, he's been in a bunch of movies. He's Lockwood and Le Monde is his co-star in all these movies. They're the 
each couple of, of these films and it's sort of like they don't actually they're not actually a couple but the press push it that way and it helps sell movies and all these sort of things and, you know it starts off with the premiere of the latest Lockwood and Lamont film and the girl playing Lamont she's got this New York voice like this is really annoying and stuff because it's silent films they don't know any it of that matter, and they yeah. never talk I mean every time she goes to talk on a mic or do an interview he always takes over and he's got the gift of the gab and he's lovable and the crap everyone loves them and and he's they're sort of pushing the whole why aren't we together kind of thing and saying hey, it's alright like you can tell he doesn't love her but you know for business it's good and then it's like talkies are coming in oh my god and then it's like ah it's a flash in the pan and it'll never take off and then jazz singer comes out and everyone's going to talkies we're going to go to talkies and you sort of they're making the new movie the next Lockwood Lamont film they're going to be a talking picture and she's terrible obviously she's got this annoying voice she's comes across as a dumb character as well and they're trying to figure out how and why they can get around this sort of thing and he ends up falling in love with this other woman who is not liked by this Lockwood character so she ends up being in sack so she's trying to keep them hidden from each other and one day and they do the first test screening of their new film which is all with the sound the sound gets out of sync so <laughs> her mouth's talking but his voice is coming out and all these sort of things and people are laughing at it and all the reviews are it's, it's a terrible film this is going to sink the company what are we going to do we've got to save it so they're out and he's got his best mate who he used to have in vaudeville days who plays piano accompaniment for when they make their movies and that sort of stuff and they're going oh how can we save this picture what can we do and this his girlfriend him and his best mate and they come up with an idea of what if we use her, her your, your girlfriend's voice is really good and we just overdub it we don't tell them it's like okay let's do that so they come up with this plan to overdub it and turn it into a musical we'll change it we'll make it a musical we'll sing all that and we got time to re-cut it and add, add some singing and dancing numbers and we'll be fine so like, okay yeah cool so essentially that's that's the plot of the thing and yeah so the songs themselves are, are simple but they're fun and catchy and except for they've got a sync number in it which is really long and shit but as a production go it translates from the movie perfectly it's like you go watch The Lion King or whatever yeah they've got to do a lot of yeah you've got to do a lot of somehow stuff you yeah. know how do we do this where well, this translates perfectly it was filmed in a sound stage so you know pretty much done the, the thing about the movie is I mean Gene Kelly's great and charismatic and a very good dancer but his best mate in the movie is Donald O'Connor, who you might know from Francis the Talking Mule, if you know your old black and white movies. No. No. Okay, well, that's what he's probably most famous for, and this movie. And he's sort of like the Jim Carrey of the time. He was a very physical comedy dancing guy. And there's a famous number, you would have seen it. If you ever watch any classic things of Hollywood montage, there's a guy who does a flip, he runs up a wall and does a flip, and then no, jumps through a wall. Yep. That's him. And that's from the movie. Where he does this, he does a song and dance number called "Make Him Laugh." He does, you know, gets hit in the head with a plank and dances with a broomstick and yep. does all these sort of things. I think I have seen that clip, and that's an amazing number. And the guy who's playing that role, he was in "So You Think You Can Dance" or one of those shows. Okay, so he's actually quite an acclaimed dancer in that way, and he, he was quite good too. You know, again, not the voice, but he could dance. He wasn't Donald O'Connor. No, but it was good. He didn't do the flip, though, which I was a bit disappointed. He ran out the wall and did the flip. And it's sort of like, the sort of the way he did it was he ran out the wall and one guy grabbed him as he did it to stop him. And he flipped in his arms. And it's like, oh, H&S might be why they can't do it every day. We're sick to slay to it every day. So I don't know why he can't, but it's like, oh, maybe. It it was a very good play. I I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I went and it was all well well and good. But there is a clip, if you like, Joseph Gordon-Lovett. He absolutely loves that movie. And when he did Saturday Night Live a couple of years back, he actually did the Make Him Laugh number and did the running up the wall and everything. Mm, you know? I might so, have to check that out. So check it out. I mean, he, his singing isn't the best in it, and by the end of it, he's stuffed because it's a pretty physical performance. But he did it. He, he nailed it all. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that, that was my theatre experience anyways. Well, well, I've done a bit of everything this month. You have. <sighs> well, before we wrap this up, Yep. Something else that we said we were going to do last month. Yep. The Massive Attack mixtape volume one. Yes. You've now been listening to it for a month. I have. Five weeks, to yep. be precise. Yep. Has your initial opinion of it changed? Not a lot. No. no. So and initially you were <coughs> a little bit underwhelmed. You thought I would have put more commercial stuff on it? I thought so. I was expecting a little more commercial, a little more upbeat. As I said, there was upbeat stuff on it. There was a couple of dancing numbers at the start. There was a couple of rockin' numbers. There was some pretty twangy indie type stuff. Yeah. I must, I've must. i come away, there is not one song on there that I absolutely hate. Like, Well, uh, I failed then. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> like, I mean, there's not one song on there which I skip. Like, there's I, not I made one the song on there you hate. No, there's there's no two songs no. on there. Um, I went through and 
whenever I played the music. But the thing is, Melbourne's been doing all right in the football, so I've been listening to a lot of sports radio. So. But whenever I listen to it on on the CD, I push it, I put in push play, and I don't skip. There's not been one song that I've skipped. I've let it play out every time. It's not like there's one song on there where I can't listen to this one never again. So, even the couple of dubstep ones at the start? They're not even close to dubstep. Don't give right. me, no. Okay. Because a few trick me. You're thinking, oh, this is all right. And then it goes nowhere. It starts off all right and goes nowhere. <laughs> Others tease that it's going to go somewhere. It doesn't. There's one that sounds like the Dandy Warhols. There's one that sounds like Ween. There's one that sounds like <laughs> something else. Everything sort of sounds like something else, but aren't. But nothing grew on me either. Like, no, I, I didn't love anything. But you didn't but I, hate it. I didn't hate it. Like, it, it, it's perfectly fine. And I don't know if I told you about... I had We went down the beach, I think it was over Easter, and my son didn't settle, so I had to go for a drive. You, you did, I don't think you've mentioned this on the, on, uh, okay. on the show. But and, um, Yeah, because we were down with the families, so there's multiple people there, and he had a really bad coughing reaction, so he gave me some Ventolin, which is the worst thing to do at three in the morning to a um, young two-year-old, young two-year-old yep. who was buzzing after that so he's like wanting to party and everyone's trying to sleep and he's like making noise so I was like I'll take him for a drive so popped him in the car went for a drive put on smooth FM and just cruised it was beautiful I was cruising along the beach down at Rise for an hour and a half just listening to smooth FM and it was it was awesome like the sun it was Easter so there was a full moon it was just awesome beautiful weather this CD probably would have been good for that drive like it would have suited that kind of drive because there was nothing really kicks in I mean, Muse is probably the one that's sort of like the, the rockingest. Yeah. But nothing sort of kicks up the level where I'm going to speed, accidentally speed by driving to. And there's a few that are mellow-y sort of thing, which I don't normally listen to mellow stuff if I can help it. But if I do, it's generally old, like yeah. really old. You know, we're talking Melt or May shit. Yeah, I didn't come away hating anything of it. Where When I first listened, going, oh, but this one, no, but this one. <laughs> but none of it was bad. Uh, there was one song I know that, in a commercial somewhere that I yeah. hear all the time that's kind of annoying because of the commercial not because of the song but yeah definitely not my music but I think you made a CD for me recently before I got my new car and I yeah. accidentally left it in the car when I tracked to rent when, when you say recently this was probably two what, years ago no it was about five years ago I no think, it? I it didn't have chop suey on it when it was no, new that's, that's the tape oh, okay yeah yeah so it, 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 I think there were about three bands or three songs on there by the same band like, as in, there were three songs on that CD, which yep. I reckon you've given me, like, those three bands, you've given me their latest <laughs> songs on this one. But they just sound like it. They just really do. And okay. it's that indie alt stuff that just mm. aren't me, as far as... Again, I don't... I, I appreciate the CD. I, I appreciate the time you put into it, and I have listened to it, and I'm not going to take it down anytime soon. But it's... Oh, I'm on my way to the gym. I put on the CD thing. Give me something again. Fire up? No. No. Right. It doesn't do it. So, yeah, so... Okay, well, well, this was volume one. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to this later in the year and I'll try volume two. Mm-hmm. And I think I will probably try and go a little bit more commercial. Eh, it doesn't have to be commercial. It's a bit more, there more two, brave. There's two commercial songs on this CD that are in the charts at the moment. But yeah, they're, yeah, commercial they're the ones minutes. you don't really like. Yeah. But then the super duper, super poppy commercial stuff that I threatened to put on it and didn't, you were like, well, you should have done it. I love those stuff. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Well, obviously... Maybe when we DJ in a couple of weeks, when we do, we're doing the uh, costume ball again. Yeah. The songs that you think I should have put on that CD will get high rotation that, when we that DJ. That would be cool. So yeah. that will probably work out better. Yes, but I'm actually cleaning up the studio at the moment, and in cleaning up, I, look what I've had: a, a legitimate mixtape. A mixtape that you made me. Oh, this would have to be night around ninety nine, two thousand, probably. Um, I would say when we first started going out, but that's a shout out funny. <laughs> When we first started hanging out was probably more to the point. This is a much better mixtape, I've got to tell you. Now. It's just a shame you don't have a cassette player in your car. But no, I can't listen my, to it. My writing here is a bit, uh, a bit uh, bad, but we've got one side that's more your scar punk type stuff. It's got some Blink-182, Real Big Fish, No Effects, more Blink-182. Uh, and the metal side, we've got Sugar by System of a Down, so not Chop Suey. Yeah. A bit of Cold Chamber, uh, ICP on here, Kid Rock, Corn. So yeah, this this is a better mixed tape. Yeah, it so, is much better. Yeah, maybe. maybe I mean, I should... And at the time, I was very um, not knowing what was going on the music taste. So that's uh, was where you. I, I was like, "Who's this um, System of Down thing? I like it. Yeah. I think it was the first um, Eminem as well on there. Was that the one? Or have you made me other no, mixtapes? I think, I think I've made you other mixtapes. Oh, okay. But maybe you should just write down these track listing, and then I'll, I'll make, make you a CD. CD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate the time. Don't take it as an insult or anything. It's just not for me. All right. 
Note taken. Maybe we should go the other way. Maybe you should make me a mixtape. I could do it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's eclectic. Gonna be, yeah. Mondo Kane and strange jazz songs and stuff. Hmm, Polish jazz. Yeah. Mm. You have put me onto a few things that I wouldn't have listened to before. I don't think I would have ever listened to Mr. Bungle if you didn't play it for me. Podcasts. I just throw podcasts on there. It's like 55 minutes of <laughs> what, someone what, talking that's, about That's them. all I listen to now is podcasts. Mm, pretty I, much. Like, even in the car now, as soon as I get in the car, phone gets clicked in and I listen to the podcast while I'm driving. It's kind of strange listening to double speed on speakers rather than on headphones, but mm. yeah, it works. Cool. Anyway, that speaking of podcasts, that is our podcast for the month. Yep. If you have any feedback, jump on the Facebook. We have had a, a few new likes on the Facebook, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if people actually commented and told us what they thought of the shows. So you can do that at facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. We are the MA Podcast at podbean.com. And you can find us, Stitcher, iTunes, all the usual places. But yes, until next time, thank you, Mitch. Hello. And we'll see you next month. I live my day as if it was the last. Live my day as if there was no past. Doing it all night, all summer. Doing it the way I wanna Yeah, I'ma dance my heart out till the dawn But I won't be done when morning comes Doing it all night, all summer Gonna spend it